Well, welcome and good morning. It's so good to share with you again as we gather together as, uh, as God's people. A special welcome to those of you who are guests and not a part of our regular worshiping community. We're glad that you've joined us this morning also. I trust that you're survi surviving this uh, COVID-19 experience. I know all of us would like to be past this and there are a lot of inconveniences and, and I just uh, pray and trust that you're making it through. If you're not, uh, please contact the church. We, we'd be happy to have somebody try to encourage you or give a phone call or help in whatever way. And I guess we don't even think of a lot of the little things that happened uh, to us as well. I'm overdue for a haircut. But of course, you can't get a haircut. So I may do an act of faith, and that is I may have my wife cut my hair. And uh, so uh, you pray for that. And uh, if I come back next week and I'm wearing a ball cap, you'll know it didn't go well. But uh, in, uh, in defense of it, uh, they say a, a haircut that is not so good only has a shelf life of... Uh, two and a half weeks. So we'll be back to normal at some point. Well, we've been talking about faith and trusting God and believing and putting our total confidence in Him and His Word and what He says and what Jesus says to us. That's what faith is about. And we're journeying with Abraham as he goes through this life and this journey of faith. And we're, we will learn what faith means and, and how it works out. Uh, this morning, I just want to suggest to you that the faith journey that we are on as, as believers can be fraught with struggles uh, while at the same time we're seeking to live by faith. That is, we want to please God. We're seeking to do what He would have us to do. And, and somehow we, we believe it. maybe it should be easier than it is. Maybe we're, we have more problems and we can't understand what that's all about. A number of years ago, we had a neighbor uh, who lived beside us and uh, we, we had a good relationship and we talked uh, regularly and we would talk often about the things of God. And what was so fascinating to me is to see God working in my neighbor's life and, and how uh, through that friendship, uh, we had many conversations and to, to watch God taking the uh, opening his eyes and having him see and understand what God had done for him in Christ and, and to uh, see him put his faith and trust in Jesus. What an incredible and wonderful experience that was. And he was just overjoyed. He had peace and joy flowing in his, in his life. And uh, he went and told his wife about uh, his experience and what he'd done. And she was not impressed at all. Now, here's a guy, a brand new Christian, just putting his faith in Jesus Christ. And he's getting major pushback at home. In fact, his wife was so against it that she took the Bible he had and hid it so he couldn't read it. He found another Bible and hid it somewhere uh, that he could do that. And, and let's face it, that can be confusing. I mean, I just opened my life to Jesus Christ. Uh, I've become a follower of him. And, and now I'm getting all of this, the, these problems and this pushback. And it can really let the air out of your tires. Well, believers can find themselves at times in the middle of crises and, and Abraham is a model of faith. He, God spoke to this 75-year-old guy. And, and uh, 
he, he was a pagan idol worshiper. God revealed himself to him and asked him to leave where he was living in this wealthy cosmopolitan center of Ur. Uh, and God instructed him just to go where he would direct him. He didn't know where he was going. He just knew that God told him to go and would set him off in a direction, a direction that would take him uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometers from home. He was leaving everything that was familiar to him. He was leaving family and wife and, and uh, uh, not wife, excuse me, but, but all of his extended family, his life there in, uh, in Ur. He was leaving all that he had behind to follow God. And uh, Abraham leaves, and, and in this incredible act of faith, he goes where God asked him to go. All of these uh, times were wonderful, but we read something in the middle of this in Genesis 12 and verse 10, just the first few words. It says, now there was a, a famine in the land. God had brought him to Canaan. He'd brought him to the place that would become the promised land a few hundred years later for his people. And as he goes here and makes this journey and he sets up these altars and he worships God and he comes into the land, um, he confronts a situation in which there's a famine, there's drought, things are not growing. Um, in all of Abraham's life, he probably never saw a famine in his life. He was in the well-watered uh, uh, valley of, uh, of the Euphrates River. Uh, he had a, a beautiful situation there. And now he is on the verge of being concerned about starving, of viability. There was no food. And God had led him there. And he's trying to make sense of this. God led me here. I followed his voice and I, I went where he was. Was God leading him here for him to die there? He was confused and struggling. Well, I want you to know that crises are within the control of God. You see, when, when this happened, God wasn't wringing his hands. He wasn't upset. It wasn't like God didn't expect this, uh, what had happened. God is in charge of the weather. God takes care of all of those things. God runs the universe. He sets uh, rulers in power. He dethrones them. No one can thwart his plan. He's in control of everything. It's interesting that you may be facing a crisis. You maybe uh, have some health concerns or there are financial concerns. Uh, perhaps there's, there's fear and you're worried about this COVID-19 virus attacking you. Um, and, and you may have challenge with your kids or with your marriage and you're wondering, uh, is, is God zoned into this? Is this something uh, that, that God cares about? Well, let me say this. Crises are opportunities to learn to trust God. Sometimes God allows us to go into a, different, a difficult place because he needs to teach us to trust him in that kind of situation. He wants us to learn to rely on him even when things are dire, even when things are difficult. He promised Abraham blessing. He promised him a great name and a nation and protection and a land. Did God bring him here now to just fail on that whole thing? Can God really be trusted? How far will his faith go? Well, believers can fail to trust God in a crisis. This is an opportunity for Abraham to 
uh, evaluate his faith. Do we really trust God when things get tough or difficult for us? When, when, when that happens, do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Do we keep going forward? Do we keep believing or, or do we get discouraged and check out? Uh, and will there be a lapse in our faith? Well, that's what we're going to find out about Abraham. In Genesis 12, verses 10 to 13, it says this. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. Say you're my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Do you get this? Abraham is going to, he's pulling off some kind of a job here. Abraham in his failure is cooking up a scheme that will serve to protect him, but will expose his wife to danger. He'll compromise his marriage and his responsibility. Abraham uh, will fail on several accounts, this man of faith. And we can trace it from step to step to step. First thing he does is he fails to rehearse the promises of God. He's in a challenging place. He's in a place he's never been before. It's an experience he's never had. God brought him here and God made promises to him that he would be a great nation and that uh, he would be blessed and he would have a lofty reputation and he'll be a blessing to others and God would protect him and through him bless all the nations on the earth. He believed that when God called him and followed him on that basis. But now has he had a sudden dose of amnesia? Has he forgotten what God had promised? Has he forgotten the faithfulness of God fulfilling his purpose in his life to this point? Well, here, here is where he's in a, a tough place. And he needs to recall the promises of God. But he seems to have forgotten all of that. How about you? How about you? Have you remembered God's faithfulness to you through all of the experiences in your past? When God was there, you looked back and, and saw his hand upon you. Well, he, fail, he fails to rehearse the promises of God. But secondly, he fails to pray. There's failure to pray. Uh, when you're confronted with a problem, and I'm confronted with a problem, the first thing we should do is seek God and pray. That's the first order of business. But with Abram, he neglected that altogether. There's no mention that he sought the Lord in this. There was no mention that he, he want, needed a word from God or direction from God. In, in, he doesn't seek guidance. And he says, in, in essence, I can handle this by myself. God, it's okay. Uh, don't trouble yourself. I'll have a scheme. I'll figure out something. Uh, we've got to get out of here because we're not going to be able to live. And, and so we can go down to Egypt and, and we'll stay there because there's food there and, and it's a better place than where we're at. God, we don't need you. And, and the God who brought him all this way isn't even taken into consideration. Not even an afterthought. Abraham takes it into his own hand. And, and we can take that attitude that if all else fails, we'll pray but we do everything in our power otherwise. And when we can do nothing more 
Then we turn to pray to prayer. Well, there was failure to pray. And, and thirdly, there was, he was overcome by fear. Abram is considered, uh, is concerned rather for his future. He's never before experienced this, and it's a, f- a fearful uh, thing in his life. Starvation, personal well-being, uh, that was all going out the window. And fear, fear is a huge factor in trusting God uh, because we can be so prone to be afraid that we, we, God is not in the scenario for us. And uh, fear and faith can't coexist together. Fear is a huge factor in trusting God. Uh, you lose your job. There's concern for your finances. There may be a concern for your standing as a Christian and people are berating you for that or looking down on you or disqualifying you or pushing you away. And maybe intimidation or relational problems that are not right. And, and, and you just have this, this fear in you. And, and in that fear, you look for something to cling to. And many times uh, Christians turn from fear and reaching out for God to reaching out for something that they think will help them. Not trusting God, not personal opinion. Well, Proverbs 29 and 25 says this, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The fear of man is a snare. It's a thing that will snag you. It will get you. It will capture you. Uh, and he says, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The apostle Paul would say to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or of fear, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. And over and over and over again in the Bible, we're admonished not to fear. Don't fear. Fear not. My peace I give unto you. Rather, trust God. Don't be afraid, trust God. Paul would say in Romans 14 and 23, everything that does not come from faith is sin. God wants us to trust uh, trust him and fear can challenge that. Well, the fourth thing he did was uh, Abraham became self-centered. Fear led to being self-centered. Sarai is a beautiful woman. She is now north of 65. I don't know how old. She may be 70 by this point or or past 70. But she is stunningly beautiful at that age. If you can imagine that. In fact, Abraham knows that she is so good looking that he's afraid when he goes down to Egypt that somebody will see her, take note of her, and, and will want to add her to his harem, particularly the Pharaoh, the king. And, uh, and uh, so he was afraid that she might be scooped up and become a part of those bevy of beauties that uh, were in his harem. Well, the plan was, let's lie. You say you're my sister and it'll be well with me. So if, if they want otherwise, they'll kill me to have you. And so uh, let's compromise in this way. And if you do that, then my life will be spared, but I'm willing to compromise your safety and and our integrity. And frankly, that was absolutely unthinkable. It was unconscionable that uh, he would expose her to this kind of danger. 
And that's man's plan. It's man's conniving. It's man's working out some kind of plan that can fix it rather than checking in with God without putting our confidence in the, that same God who promised, who's cared, who's led and, and, and uh, dispels all fear. Well, lastly, uh, he stooped to deception. He lies. He's going to lie his way out of this one. He's got a scheme that should work for him, he thinks. He'll, he'll say that, uh, uh, that she she's, will be masquerading as his sister. Uh, that should provide safety for him, and it may well provide a lovely dowry as well. Can you imagine this? Total loss of integrity. Not a scheme birthed in faith, but a selfish scheme birthed in doubt. Well, there's a cost to faithlessness. There's a cost to turning your back on God and what God calls us to do. And so just as Abram was worried, this nightmare became a reality. Sarai was identified as harem material. And when with some of these young officers and whatnot, uh, they would try and get on the good side of the Pharaoh by pointing out, hey, look, at we've we found a woman that we think that you would just love to have as a part of your harem. And uh, so she was taken into Pharaoh's house, into his palace. And Abraham was treated well because of her. And uh, there is this terrible cost, though, for faithlessness. Listen to what it says in Genesis 12, verses 14 to 16. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maid servants and camels. He got all of that was given to him. But here's the trouble. In this cost of faithlessness, it can hurt others. Abram's selfish act compromised his wife's life. He endangered her. He treated her like a piece of meat, a sexual toy to pleasure some pagan despot. How would you feel if you were Sarai? How, are you, how would you feel if, if this happened to you? And interestingly enough, not a word is, uh, is recorded about anything that she has said or done in the process of this. Is this our hero in the faith? Is this the guy who will be the father of the people of God? Is this the guy who's going to stand out as, as a, a most outstanding uh, man of faith? It, it's a pretty poor thing, isn't it? it? This is our hero. This was a dark dark moment in Abraham's life. It threatened first God's program. God had a program for Adam that included Sarai. God was through them, was going to create a nation, an offspring that would bless the totality of the world, all of the peoples of the world, all the nations around this globe would be blessed by him. That would include the coming of a Messiah from him. A king who would make everything right in this world where everything has been so wrong and so broken. Universal redemption of the world would come through Abraham. And that would come to us through Jesus. 
and now it's on the verge of everything falling apart. The plan is left in shambles and, and uh, threatened to be totally destroyed. Well, secondly, it can result in selling out. Here, uh, here is, is Abram. He's selling out on God, on God's promises, on his faith, on his integrity, on his reputation. Everything that he staked it on it is now lost. Abram has probably received a very, very handsome dowry. But at what cost? How does he even look in the mirror and know what he subjected his wife to? Is this man worthy of that? Not at all. Thankfully, God is a good God. He's a good of the second and third chances. And so I want you to see that God is able to protect rebuke and deliver unfaithful believers. God intervenes for Abram in his foolishness, in his sinful attitude and behavior. He graciously keeps his promise to his unfaithful servant. Listen to what it says in Genesis 12, 17 to 20. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram, Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? So I took her to be my wife. Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. And they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. I want you to see first that God protects Sarai. God keeps Pharaoh from defiling this woman who would be a vessel through whom the Messiah eventually would come. She with Abraham would be the progenitors of God's people and his whole program would be fulfilled. And God protected her in that. This would have been an absolute bombshell. How is it that they figure that, that they can trace it to Sarai and to Abram? Well, I think there, there was some disease that everybody in the palace had. I, I'm, I rather suspect it was a some kind of a sexual disease. And, and what is noted is that everybody is sick of this uh, disease except Sarai. And one thing leads to another and they can trace it back to Abraham and Sarai. And they finally get a confession of the truth that uh, uh, all of this that has happened to her happened. And yet God protected her and safeguarded her. That's what the Lord does. Well, God rebukes Abraham. Uh, Pharaoh confronts him. Why did you lie to me? Why did you tell me? Why didn't you tell me the truth that she was your wife? Abram brought a potential sin upon Pharaoh. Here is a man of God being humiliated publicly for his sin and his wrong, his lying. He doesn't deserve that. He, he, he is now humiliated before everyone as a liar, as a cheat in this immoral, treacherous act. Wasn't Abraham to be a blessing to all the nations? And here he now is a curse to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. There's no blessing because of faithlessness. He's rather become a curse. And that's hard to take. And it's so humbling. 
But I want you to see also that God delivers Abram. Abram is unceremoniously sent packing by Pharaoh with his tail between his legs. He left without his dignity. He left and being soundly chastised. He, he, was, uh, he left Egypt, though, with all that he brought in and more. God blessed him even in spite of that. You see, God is a wonderfully compassionate and forgiving God. You may have blown it in your life. You may have done things that you, you are mortified of. You're humiliated. You, you probably some things that you wish no one would ever find out about them. And you wonder if there's ever a way back for you. If, if you blew it, you, you didn't have faith in God and you did things that were wrong and you hurt others and you cost them and there was a cost to you. I want to tell you that God is a wonderfully gracious God and he's willing to invite you back if you would turn in faith to him. God, you see, can forgive. God can restore. And uh, here is Abraham heading home. He never should have left home in the first place. He should have trusted God. God would have provided for him, but he took it into his own hands. You see, we can learn lessons of faith. God sometimes allows us to go through some difficult trials and circumstances because he wants to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight. He wants us to learn to obey God, not doing what our instincts tell us to do, not what our peers pressure us, not what society says, but to do what God would have us to do. There's a man uh, that I know who worked for a company and uh, he started in that company at the very bottom and he, he began to uh, skyrocket up. He, he started from the bottom and he was promoted uh, level after level after level. Uh, he he uh, was he had done so well with this company that the company asked them to open up a division in another province where uh, where he and his family could go and and develop the business uh, in a much greater way uh, things went well for him he had to leave his home he had to leave his family he had to leave his friends uh, to head out and uh, and God blessed him but in the in in the throes of doing all this his, uh, the owner of the company was beginning to ask him to do things that he felt uncomfortable with. He didn't feel were ethically or morally right. And he shared these concerns with the, the company uh, owner. And the, the guy said, well, you know, this is just business. This is how you have to do business. All of our competitors do this. We have to just keep up with them. But this sat and it didn't sit well in him. He, he, didn't, uh, he couldn't resonate with that. And he wrestled with this over and over again. And, and he finally told the owner of the company that he would, he would have to uh, resign, that he couldn't continue to work. And people were saying, why, why are you resigning? You don't at least wait until you have something to go to. Uh, you've moved to another province. You bought a house there. You took your family there. And now the real estate market has gone absolutely soft. If you try and sell your place, you're going to lose money. But he was a man that was willing to trust God and, uh, and to follow what the Lord would have for him. In spite of everybody's voices uh, uh, to the opposite, he decided that he would trust God with nothing to go to and, uh, and he would just uh, look to the Lord to be able to make it through that. 
God honored what he did. And he ended up getting another job and then another job and then another job. And God stepped him up time after time after time when he proved that he wanted to live a life that was by faith, not by sight. He wanted to live a life trusting God that God would honor. You know what? In life, uh, God puts all kinds of circumstances in front of us that can be challenging and difficult. And he wants us to learn to trust him as we go through all of that. And, and so I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what struggles you have. Uh, certainly in this uh, virus time that we're facing, there are all kinds of challenges. And, and there are opportunities for us to seek to be faithful to God and to live the way God would want us and not cheat or fudge here or there and not, uh, not do things that we shouldn't do and not try and get ahead the wrong way, but to trust God through that. And uh, my prayer is that as we look at the, the life of this man of God, this man of faith, we see all too often the, the, uh, the warts and all of the failures that have, uh, uh, have come along as well. And we still have confidence that God can take us through all of this. So I want to encourage you to keep trusting God, to keep looking to him. And if you've not opened your heart to Jesus Christ yet, my prayer is that he would, he would help you to understand what he did when he gave us the greatest gift of love anyone could give. He gave his son that he, to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our sin, that if we would put our faith and our trust in what Jesus did, he would make us a part of his family. He would forgive us. He would, he would uh, grant us everlasting life and we would be with him forever. And if this is something you would like to discuss sometime, you can call uh, or email into the church and we would be happy to, happy to talk to you about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your kindness. We thank you for what you have done for us in Jesus. We are so grateful for that. And we pray, Father, that you would... Uh, you would help us to trust you day in and day out. And when uh, opportunities come that may tempt us to not trust you and to move away from you or do things that would be inappropriate, that we would trust that you would honor what we would do to honor you by having our faith in you. And so I pray that you'd give us strength as we live our lives uh, in, and we walk by faith. Father, may you be honored and glorified in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.